Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Casey Wu is the co-founder of Operators Guild, an invitation only that is built by operators for operators and has no affiliation to any investor group, vendor, or sponsor. Consisting of over 600 members, Operators Guild is an organization that brings together other operators and allows them to share ideas, network, and have access to recruitment services. The ethos of the group is to empower other operators, with positions only remaining open for those that contribute and share their own techniques. Casey has over 20 years of experience in investment banking and operational CFO roles and was the former Global Head of Strategic Finance at WeWork. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Have you been wanting to launch your podcast and just haven't found the right resources? I launched Master Leadership Podcast in 2016 and it now ranks in top 1% globally. I've gathered all I've learned and created Master Your Podcast in a Weekend course on Master Your Swag app so that you have everything you need to share your voice with the world minus those excuses. So download Master Your Swag app on Google or Apple platforms to access the Master Your Podcast course and launch your podcast this weekend. So welcome, Casey Wu. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. We're excited to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? Absolutely. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. So tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. My short story is I'm from uh, Southern California. In my 20-year career, it breaks down into the first 10 years I was in the military at West Point. Uh, Then I went to study economics. And as an economics major, I was told there's two steps to Nirvana. Uh, One of those is go get an investment banking job at a little island called Manhattan. Um, which I did. I met my wife. I met half my groomsmen. I'm pretty decent at Microsoft Excel and I had no social life. So that was great. And then the second and last step is get a hedge fund or private equity job and pretty much retire after that. Um, I became a hedge fund investor. It was great. It was challenging. However, after a little bit, I realized I missed my team. I had a nice corner office. It was great. There's no complaints on pay, but I realized that's not actually what fulfills me. What I really missed was my comrades, my colleagues, like the military, like banking. Those are actually Mm -hmm. team sports. And the other thing I realized is I like to build things. As an investor, advisor, lawyer, consultant, auditor, you advise and transact, which is different than what I consider building. Building a business, hiring one person after you've hired another person, et cetera, et cetera. 
And what better profession in the world to build with teams than startups, mm -hmm. which all it is, is a bunch of people teaming up to build. Right. So I left Wall Street, took a big pay cut, joined a 10 person FinTech startup in New York. That starts my second half of my career, which for the last 10 years, I would consider it an operating CFO, a little different than a corporate CFO. A lot of it in the weeds, business partnering, building the business while leading the CFO function, which generally includes people, IT, legal. And I've been fortunate enough to pair up with amazing founders across six companies, ranging from 10 people to 15,000. And business models ranging from pure software, high tech to heavy operating, such as WeWork. And now I'm at a company called Landing, and I am the CFO. Casey, you're incredibly impressive. I love how you've done so much, and you really know who you are. And I've come across people who've done a lot, and not everybody gets there. I love how you value people, and you follow your passion. And that takes courage to realize, hey, I'm a people person. Let me get back to what I love doing. You know, that you value people, you want to add value to people. Those are true leadership skills. So tell me more about landing and what you do and where we can connect with you. Yeah, I'm very excited to share landing. So landing will be the Marriott of apartment living. That's kind of the short elevator line. What I mean by that is when you think about apartment renting these days, it's Craigslist, apartments.com, horrible, miserable process. Very fragmented. There is no brand. It's basically like a leasing office, right? You find a tall skyscraper or et cetera. And we feel there's a much better way to live and rent. Or I should say, stop renting, start living. Oh. So one is the brand that consumers will love, like any of the hotel brands. Right. The second thing is flexibility. So what we're really excited about is no different than what DoorDash or Uber, Airbnb has done. They've brought flexibility, convenience, on-demand, and digital to the world, where it was transportation and taxis, where it was hotels slash vacation rentals or food delivery. Why can't that happen for apartments or what I would call living? So once again, we are not short-term, four-day corporate rental stays. We are for the person that's living in an apartment and wants an amazing home so they're beautifully furnished, turnkey. You bring your wardrobe and toothbrush. Wow. So that's one. The second element is you can stay with this as little or as long as you like. So we basically rent post 30 days. But let's say you want to do three months in Austin. And then you say you want to do nine months in New York. No problem. The days of this 12-month unfurnished lease, dealing with the landlord who's like, this is the way it's set up, you know? And we think there's a better way. So we're committed to bringing this to market. It's been incredible, our growth. The demand has been off the charts. And we actually think COVID has pulled the future forward. So the mindset of people being able to be flexibly living, not having to buy a whole bunch of Ikea furniture and lug it around is really taking hold. And we're really excited. This is quite impressive. And, you know, it's interesting because I was just speaking to a friend of mine about this, this digital nomad kind of way of being that has grown tremendously. And this is actually really perfect. I am going to get on your website. What's your website? Yes, it's uh, www.hellolanding.com. Hellolanding.com. 
All right. So clearly you are a lifelong learner. What are you learning right now, Casey? Specifically, I mean, I've worked for a long time, so there's a lot of learnings there, but I have three children, five, three, and one, boy, boy, girl. At those ages, they start to blossom. They start to be able to do a bunch of things. And so I'm learning a lot of how to be a dad and, you know, we're all busy and stuff, but how to make the most of your time with them. I always feel kind of guilty. Hey, they learned this new thing. What can I do with them to really capture that? So there's a little bit of obligation and, hey, what can I be doing better? At the same time, it's like, enjoy it. Don't overthink it. Um, But it's really fun. But also there's like a very heavy responsibility, I feel. Yeah. Nothing primes our leadership like parenting. Especially patience. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've learned. The more kids you are, the more, more generally, the more patient you are. And wait till they become teenagers. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I think I've learned. I tell you nothing, nothing primes my leadership like my son. How many children? You have have one kid? I have one and he's 18 now. Uh, um, and you congratulations, like, thank you, you made it. <laughs> <laughs> and we've gone through the stages and still there's so much to learn and nobody sees you like they do. And so they're able to tell you stuff about yourself, which is really cool. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't land as we expect or want it to. Um, but it's fabulous. It is one of the most amazing blessings. It is. And so, yeah. Is. Now, Casey, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? What concerns me the most? Mm-hmm. I feel in the tech world, in the Bay Area world, and the world has moved toward now, now, now. Mm-hmm. Fast, fast, fast. I want it now. I want it convenient. You can see it in companies where, oh, you got to a billion in two years. I got it in one year. Mm. Translation, the idea of a long-term, enduring, well-built anything, I think is starting to give way to impatience, vanity. So what I like to say is, look at the biggest companies in the world. They're all long-term built businesses. Costco, American Express, Amazon is a great example that we follow. It might take a little longer, but if you do it right, it's kind of tortoise in the hair. Right. Well, you will come out way ahead. And so the idea of compounding and building on something, staying with something, being loyal, it's hard. Hey, I can go to this company and make more. You know what? I don't like this. I'm going to go here. I can swipe left, swipe right. So the world is great because it's more digital and flexible and there's a lot of options. But with that, I think there's a challenge to not burn people out just because everyone's moving so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a challenge of speed over quality in everywhere always so that's i think the trend i'm seeing overall that i feel could index too much on speed over thoughtfulness quality and well-built enterprises i'm just curious i know that you mentioned you worked at WeWorks. Mm-hmm. is that where you learned most of what you're talking about now no i'm sadly very old i've learned a lot i mean 20 years i've learned a ton at west point I learned a lot at Harvard. I mean, the contrast of those two undergrad experiences is very high. The answer is you learn from everything. I mean, I actually learned the most at a company that I was kind of meant to turn around. It wasn't that famous. It had a lot of things that needed to get fixed. And I think a lot of leaders will tell you that's where you learn the most. 
it's when things are not perfect. And then of course, when things are amazing and scaling, you learn a lot about what it takes to scale and what it looks like for growth. So the answer, the word learning is amazing because you can learn from breakups and you can learn from amazing relationships. You can, you can learn from all. It is more interesting to me, the compounding learning, but more importantly, I encourage people when you learn to be diverse. It's kind of like when you work out, you know, just don't work out only the arms, right? You have to be diverse. They call it muscle confusion, but in this sense is expose yourself to all sorts of different situations and people and stages and challenges. And that's where I think it's a very robust three-dimensional learning. I love how robust you are in your learning and not everybody does that. And I think what blocks us a lot of times is fear. And so can you speak a little bit to that, how you encounter fear and move forward? First of all, I totally agree with you. To be honest, I suffer from that a lot, I think. Now, I, I definitely have made hard choices because I followed my passion, etc. I like to tell you I'm courageous, but really I think it's because if I'm not passionate about something, I'm worthless. Mm-hmm. So it kind of by definition, my nature will get me to where I'm interested in something as compared to, you know, it was painful. It's just more like it's too painful not doing something I don't like. But you're absolutely right. So I have the accidental fortune of having co-founded the Operators Guild, uh, which was a nine-person, call it a breakfast club or a mom's group, so to speak, for operators, CFO, COOs, when no one cared about us, essentially. It was all about engineers and VCs and salespeople. And now we're 600, nearly all word of mouth, just a very organic organization. And I, I say this because I've learned through so many of my friends in that group, I've learned so much about their fears. And every time we come to a fork in the road, it's a soul search of some sort, especially in what we do. Do I go late stage branded? Do I go not? Do I go to be a founder? I don't know. That's really risky because I could have a safe job here. All sorts of different fears. Absolutely. So in terms of, for me, I think to overcome that, one is starting to realize things are actually not as out of reach or complicated as you think. So one of the biggest learnings I've had being at, I think, over 10 organizations, all multiple stages, is a lot of misconceptions are when you look at a big company, mm-hmm. you think they've got everything together. You think they have all the perfect systems. They have geniuses running it. And then you actually get in and you realize, actually, there's basics. Oh, that's how they do that. Oh, they struggle like everyone else. Oh, they're in the whiteboard session. Wow. And then you realize, wait a minute, we can do this. So I think the first thing is thinking that you're far away. And then once you start to realize, Elon Musk says this, first principle, it's a problem, back into it. And once you start to do that a few times and you go, wait, I solved it, then it's solve a bigger problem. Then it's just, what do you want to do? Well, I want to be a founder. Well, why do you want to be a founder? Is it because you don't like a boss or because you want to solve a problem? And then once you decide then what's meaningful to you, which is a hard one, by the way, I think that's actually a really hard one. Some people start to different stages of life is like, you know, what's meaningful to me is cash. The other ones are what's meaningful to me is freedom. What's meaningful to So that's a tricky one. But after that, you can say, I can do it. I can solve the problems ahead of me, whatever they are. So I think it's that it's confidence and learning that things are not as out of reach as you think. And so clearly you see the value of having people in your life because you started this guild accidentally, by the way. <laughs> You're more intentional than you let out because these accidents, these happy accidents that happen really happen because you are very intentional. And so tell us about your guild, your mom group. Yes. And by the way, you know, I've, I've gotten heat for my mom's group. I said, cause there's no dad's groups. Uh, <laughs> and I've never been part of my mom's group, but I know 
my wife has, and they're very successful when they stay true to the spirit of it. Mm -hmm. So the Operators Guild is approaching 600 top operators, early stage CEOs, COOs, CFOs, heads of business operations, strategy operations, supply chain operations, revenue operations. We do not have people, HR, legal IT. Those are also considered to me operators, um, just because we felt those are very well-served communities. Um, so when I started with my co-founder, this air quote breakfast club, nine of us who were the VPs of finance of biz ops about eight, nine years ago, it was just a very simple concept of supporting each other. The rules are really simple is no promotion, no solicitation. What's said in the group stays in the group, give more than you get hmm. and leave your ego at the door. Love it. And that works really well. And, and, and what you realize is all humans, no matter what desire to be understood and especially during hardship. So for example, motherhood is a common hardship amongst moms that only moms can understand. And there's no different alcoholics anonymous, like you name it. It doesn't matter what it is. Boot camp. I learned that in the military. It's common hardship where freshmen getting beat up and guess what you bond together. So that's the operator's guild, which is it's hard being in our jobs, just like it's hard being a CEO. They're both lonely. So in that sense, it's no different than any others. But I think what's different about the operator's guild. Yeah. We don't have salespeople. We're not like a business business. Uh, there's a lot of communities who are, and that's great. We are literally a community first. And because we're all word of mouth, the only way it grows is a very high satisfaction by the people. So when that happens and you grow 99% organically, you have a really strong active community. And the thing I'd like to share to listeners, if anything, is do not underestimate a relationship. And this is probably one of the biggest learnings I've had is let's say there's group A that has 500 people and group B that has 500 people. What really matters is how engaged and their relationships to each other. You can have 500 that don't know each other. How do we get here? A salesperson stuck us together on an email distro. That's called 500 people on an email distro. Right. That doesn't mean anything. It's not really worth much. And then there's 500 people who are friends who happen to be on an email distro, but that's just the way they communicate. And the example I use, you know, Barack Obama is a really, really busy person, but guess what? If his friend texts him, he's going to text him back. Like, just think about that. So it doesn't matter who you are or whatever, but spend time with people, get to know them. That's better than what I think this goes back to the, what I fear in this world is, oh, I just got seven business cards at the trade show. Oh, I just have 17 more LinkedIn right. connections. So how deep are they? And you don't even need to go that deep. 30 minutes, one hour coffee. I'd rather have 10 of those than 10,000 people in my Rolodex. Now, does one get invited to this? Yes, you have to apply. So if you go to operators-skill.com, we get a ton of referrals, right? So it's, we don't have salespeople. We don't advertise. We don't actually invite either. Literally people find us because another great operator tells another great operator. Um, you do have to be an active operator. No investors, no vendors. A lot of vendors want to get in because they want to sell to us, et cetera. But yeah, it's as simple as that. And I continue to meet everyone. And then to me, the value for myself, for my career, I've gotten so much better. It helps my company for the learning we get. It's such a great all around. And then you help people. Right. So welcome anyone who feels like they're looking for that community, who's a, a top active operator. By the way, so we're director, VP, and C-level. We are thinking about opening up OG Junior to support the people that aspire to do what we do. Because when I was on Wall Street, I didn't have that resource. I had to figure this out myself the hard way. I want to be able to have like a, 
think of like a school or a university where people can say, hey, I want to build businesses. How do I do that? We can mentor and help. It, it's a really weird world, right? There's no book written on it. Right. So I'm really excited about getting back and, and doing that. Well, thank you. And you know, Casey, as I listen to your story, one of the things that comes up for me about you is your humility. And it's not surprising that you have so much wisdom because I believe that humility and wisdom go together. I value our conversation. I've learned so much already just in the short time that we're talking. That character trait of humility is one of the top leadership characters that makes someone a good leader, a great leader. And so I wanted to share that with you, that it shines in you. Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. Yeah. My, my wife will differ, but yes, I'll take it. All right. So here you have a choice. You can take a question from a former guest or you can share a challenge, a struggle or a mistakes that you've learned from. Oh, I definitely want the surprise. Okay. So Justin Franson wants to know, he's all about energy, right? He's all about physical energy and the importance of that. He wants to know how does energy play a role in your leadership, your vitality and abundance? Oh my gosh, this was meant for me. Oh, if anyone knows me, one, in about seven seconds, I was born, as my mom would say, skipping steps. I was born with a lot of energy, for better or worse. Um, in fact, one of the things I have to work on is slow down, pause. And my boss right now, Bill Smith, is amazing. He is articulate, succinct, calm as a cucumber. <laughs> uh, so I, I learned a lot from him. I believe all superpowers have liabilities. So I'll talk about both that have helped me and I struggle with. The energy helps me connect with people. It's very authentic because that's just who I am. It's mm -hmm. amazing for storytelling. And you realize storytelling can be used in sales, recruiting, communicating. But people feel the energy, they get engaged. And once again, all things go back to people. So that has been a blessing that I was born with. Uh, I just had that passion. And I think it can be contagious for people. It can rally a team. It can get people excited about something, um, but it's just because it's genuine. And so in that sense, ironically, I actually think I'm a pretty decent salesperson, but I'm not a air quote salesperson, if that makes any mm -hmm. sense. The other thing about energy is work takes calories, right? You, like hard work. That's right. It, it's just, and so I have a lot of energy. I have a, I'm driven by a lot of adrenaline. By the end of the day, I feel like I'm not tired, but all of a sudden, the minute I stop, I collapse, right? So, so my energy helps me through a lot. My almost like passion is my fuel. So that's that in terms of energy. In terms of side effects, it can be overwhelming for people. Yes. It can be intimidating for people. Yes. I can be too loud of a voice. I can come off as a bulldozer or aggressive. I can just talk too much and be annoying. The, the biggest lesson I learned is, you know, sometimes you go too fast, you make mistakes right? You're not thoughtful. You're not listening. So I've worked very hard on indexing on the other side because I don't think I'll ever have an issue with speeding up. Casey, I so appreciate how well you know yourself, how hard you've worked to know yourself because that takes a lot of work. But when we do that as leaders, we bring a lot of value. I really appreciate all the nuggets that we're getting here. Absolutely. Um, all right. So as a listener of this podcast, What's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Like, what are you curious about? I guess it's a cheat. It's more than one question. The phrase, 
you know, what are your strengths or weaknesses? I think it's more apt to say what energizes you. And so the question I would have is what energizes you? And I mean something different than like, oh, what energizes me is being an investor, right? Or something. I'm looking for things like, like what I realized what energizes me is working with others. In college, you're growing up there, you're thinking about you know, being an engineer or, or be medicine, but they were telling you things like, are you a team sport person or an individual sport person? Is it more creative or rigid? So to this listeners, have you found what that is about you? If you have, congratulations. It's very hard to find. And then the second question is, are you doing that? Are you feeding that? And if not, why not? Because that's what I find is the biggest gift you can give someone is helping them or making them think about, you know what actually energizes me is not describe their profession. It's actually, I'm most excited when I'm with people. I'm most excited when I'm moving around. I'm most excited when I'm not sitting in a chair. It's that type of stuff. Not, you know, I'm most excited when I'm a boss or like, you know, it's not like that. And once you find how you're wired, well, air quote, happiness can become a lot easier. So connected to your purpose and finding that. So it's a great question. We will certainly ask that of future guests. So thank you for contributing yeah. to our yeah. long I, list of amazing let, questions. Let me, let me know what someone answers. That'd be great. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So Casey, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? There's a lot of learnings that I'd love to share with others. I think one is, I've already kind of mentioned it, but it was one of the biggest lessons I learned. And it comes down to, it's not just about the destination. In fact, I think the destination is a very small part of things. It's about how you get there. And so, so much of us think about some goal, right? We're goal oriented. And let me tell you, that's one thing, you know, well, Casey, like you you execute. and And what I've learned is that's great, but there's many ways to get to your goals. And the punchline is do it while helping others. Do it while being kind. That is success and learning. And at the end of the day, when you get to the goal, we've all gotten to goals, right? And it's weird. You get to the goal. What do you do? You think of an next goal, right? It's like, you know, in two seconds, you're like, okay, but really it was all the lead up. So the deathbed question is, you know, how was my journey? Because we're all going to know what the destination is at the end. And so make your journey as robust, interesting, get out there and then let the outcomes be what they are. But 99% is the journey. 1% is the actual destination. Well, you've certainly energized me. Thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been great. Thank you. This is so much fun. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.